welcome to Jazz United, a podcast from WBGO Studios. My name is Nate Chenen, the editorial director at WBGO. And this is Greg Bryant, host of Jazz After Hours on WBGO. Jazz United is a show in which we talk all about the music and the culture and the people around it. And, oh, we got a doozy for you this time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One of our questions last episode was, what are the albums that you're most looking forward to in the remainder of 2021? Well, this episode is all about that. Um, Nate, I have to commend you and give you kudos because um, this is one of the first uh, collections of anything like this that's regular that I've seen around in our community. Fall Preview 2021. That's what this episode is about. We're going to be giving you a, a bird's eye view into some of the things that we're excited about listening to that are coming out. And uh, a bit later on, you'll be able to go over to uh, our website, wbgo.org, and see it in full. That's right. The WBGO Fall Preview is a labor of love, and it is, uh, if I'm permitted to say so, a monster. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, a big, you can it's say a big that. lift for us. <laughs> you, can, you can say that. What it includes is 88 uh, notable album releases and special events on the mm-hmm. near horizon, basically from mm-hmm. Labor Day until Thanksgiving. And, yeah. uh, and you know... Quite a bit of research goes into this, and we are proud to feature um, the perspectives of of many of our WBGO announcers, including uh, yours truly and Greg Bryant, and uh, and our friends uh, elsewhere on the air, like Nicole Sweeney and Monifa Brown and Gary yeah. Walker and Simon Rentner. Um, so this is a, a real team effort. And, uh, mm-hmm. and it is as close to a comprehensive picture as I think, uh, anyone will get. Uh, but in this episode, we're, we're, we're going to get personal with it. We looked over this, this landscape and, uh, mm-hmm. and, you know, set ourselves a limit. We said, all right, yeah. why don't you pick three? I'll pick three. These are albums that we're just really excited about. And, and we'll just preview them in, in short, uh, here. So as a compliment or a supplement to the full fall preview experience, um, this is these are our pocket picks. <laughs> our six pack, indeed. Yeah, it's, it's a that's six pack. It it's a fall preview six pack. That's that's the way. <laughs> that's that, what that, it that is. might be the title of this episode. Yeah, or, or six piece, man. You're the drummer, so yeah, <laughs> six piece. That's what we're gonna do here, man. We're gonna open with a doozy. My goodness, smoke sessions. Coming out in October um, on the Smoke Sessions label, this is the latest recording from multi-instrumentalist, I have to call him that now, Mm -hmm. uh, Nicholas Payton, uh, the progenitor of the BAM movement, and he's got some BAM just for you with some special guests talking about Ron Carter, the most recorded bassist in Guinness uh, world record history. Uh, one of our most prolific artists all over the world. Also, uh, Big George Coleman, one of our legendary figures, mm. um, is guest starring on this release. And uh, the drummer, the amazing Mr. Kareem Riggins. My God, this is power packed. All under the baton and uh, creative uh, leadership of uh, Mr. Nicholas Payton, and this one does not disappoint. Mm. Let's hear some music right now, as a matter of fact, Nate, if we can. Um, This is the lead-off tune from the record, I believe. It's called 
hanging and a jiving. Check this out. Jiving by the multiple threat, Nicholas Payton, from his album Smoke Sessions. That's a that's an auspicious first pick, Greg. Um, I think I think that's a, an album that is going to make some waves for sure. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. Uh, you know, I'll I'll meet you with a, a something that's a little bit more off the beaten path. Um, I like it. Sarah Schoenbeck is a mm-hmm. a wonderful bassoonist who has done a lot of work around new music um, and also in a kind of um, sort of rootsy, improvised, almost Americana vein in her collaborations with Wayne Horvitz. Um, okay. She's, she's a name that that keeps popping up, you know, in left of center circles. But we, we get a chance to hear her um, in a different light on a new recording uh, that's being released on Pyroclastic. And it's self-titled. So this okay. album, Sarah Schoenbeck, uh, is a collection of duets. Um, so you hear her with Horvitz, um, also with flutist Nicole Mitchell, um, mm-hmm. and uh, bassist Mark Dresser, guitarist Nels Klein, pianist Matt Mitchell. Um, yeah. And, and so you really get to hear not only her interplay and and sort of how she is as a listener and as a, as a conversation partner, but also mm-hmm. the ways in which she uses the bassoon to fill space, to leave space, uh-huh. you know, um, in that duo setting, especially with, um, you know, the non-pianists, right? Like the musicians who are playing, um, uh, you know, non-orchestral instruments, y- you mm-hmm. get to hear the, the potential for this instrument in an improvised setting. So why don't we hear a taste of, of um, a convergence with the legendary uh, multi-readist Roscoe Mitchell, um, who, you know, anything Roscoe touches is, is worth checking out. Uh, this is yeah. a piece called Chordata. was Sarah Schoenbeck from her brand new self-titled album out on Pyroclastic. You heard her there with Roscoe Mitchell. Um, And Nate, I have a question for you, actually. Um, I remember a very uh, moving duets album that Charlie Hayden made in the late 70s that featured, you know, various partnerings. Um, Do you think this format going forward will be something that we see more of? I really like this this idea mm-hmm. of, of groupings it's it's not really an all-star date with everybody together all at the same time it's right, a different right. approach mm-hmm. yeah well shout out first of all to that album the golden number 
this this great Charlie mm-hmm. Hayden record. Um, that whenever I think of it, I think of uh, I think of Hampton Hawes uh, playing piano on yeah. Ornette's Turnaround. That's yeah. that's a that's that's a winner. Um, you know, it's interesting. The the duo format. Um, th- there's a history of the duo format on this label, Pyroclastic, um, which is a label basically run by the pianist Chris Davis. She released a very well received duo album back in 2016 uh, called Duopoly, and that album, okay. you know, f- found her in that. You know, she was the constant in a in a revolving picture with partners like Julian Lodge and Marcus Gilmore and Don Byron. Um, and so, you know, there's a precedent even just on this label. Um, yeah. I, you know, I think that there have been a lot of, of really um, great examples of that recently too, whether it's, you know, Nels Klein and Julian Lodge doing the, the dual guitar thing mm-hmm. or Bill Frizzell with Thomas Morgan. Um, yeah. So, you know, the, the thing that's so beautiful about that is it, it really highlights the idea of a conversation, you know, in a way mm-hmm. that I think is accessible even to the non-aficionado, right? If it's two musicians yeah. and they're just responding to each other's direct input, anyone mm-hmm. can relate to that, you know, because that's the way we communicate. And so, so I think there is something there, you know. It's also been, uh, you know, during the pandemic, um, you know, it's been a, a real crucial mode for people connecting, you know, so many of the live streams that we've seen, you know, Dan Tepfer with his telemat- telematics uh, uh, innovations, right. you know, creating these um, these live streams from a distance with with, you know, virtually no buffering, like, but it works best when it's two people connecting, right? Yeah. So I, I do think that we're in kind of a, a, a period of a lot of a lot of good stuff happening in the duo lane. We should note that Sarah Schoenbeck, the album, uh, is coming on October 15th on Pyroclastic. Um, one of the many things we have to look forward to here. Yet another is something coming out on September 17th. A unique situation here uh, with NEA Jazz Master Sheila Jordan. Um, Comes Love, the lost session from 1960. This is something that predates her debut recording. Um, by almost three years. And this is crazy because she really doesn't remember the details fully of recording it. Um, and there's not really any uh, detailed session information uh, that would dictate who the personnel that she's playing with on this album would be. We know historically uh, she did a lot with Herbie Nichols mm. in the early 60s and also the bassist Steve Swallow. But on first listen, I'm not exactly sure that either of those guys are involved here. But man, this is a session that is a true revelation. It is a welcome addition if you're a Sheila Jordan fan or just appreciate uh, standard singing, jazz singing. This is one for you. Um, I was knocked out uh, immediately when I heard it. Um, and I want to play a little bit of something right now Please. Uh, from that. Uh, this is I'm the Girl, Sheila Jordan from 1960. I am the girl that healed me I am the girl that healed 
the one that he'll leave after a while. I'm the girl. I'm the girl, recorded by Sheila Jordan um, back in June of 1960 at New York's Olmsted Sound Studios for a a label called Chatham Records and rediscovered really recently uh, and produced for release by Capri Records. Mm -hmm. Um, It's pretty crazy. Uh, You know, we talk a lot about um, new discoveries, you know, out of the vault. Um, Yeah. You know, some of them have kind of holy grail status and some of them are just like, uh, welcome curios. Um, mm-hmm. but this, this has historical significance because Sheila Jordan is truly one of our, one of our great innovators in the jazz vocal tradition. Sure. And, you know, her, her first album on blue note was actually the first album by a vocalist on that label. That's um, right. Portrait of Sheila released in 1963. And to think that mm-hmm. this is is three full years earlier. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, it's crazy. Um, and, you know, I, I expect that some enterprising uh, musicologist is going to piece together the likeliest uh, suspects <laughs> for, yeah. for the rhythm section yeah. here. Um, yeah. You know, I, I will be interested to, to track that. And I need to, I need to spend more time with this recording to, to come up with my own, conclusions but the main point is that whoever is playing understands how to work with sheila and and she mm-hmm. already is demonstrating so much mastery and and perceptiveness as a singer you know like she right. really understands how to work with the rhythm section and it's all it's all there in place already we're going to be living and 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 internalizing this one for a while yeah man it's the best kind of surprise and just makes me think about what other acetates, you know, are just laying around in, you know, basement dens and storage units and garages, man, <laughs> to stumble on just a treasure trove of Sheila Jordan is just unfathomable. But I'm so glad we have it. You picked another recording from the vault. Um, this one's releasing on November fifth on Blue Note, um, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's by a, a band that that actually just recently gave us uh, some new archival stuff. Art Blakey and the That's Jazz right. Messengers. Um, mm-hmm. So the album's titled First Flight to Tokyo: The Lost Nineteen Sixty One Recordings." Uh, what can mm-hmm. you tell us about that, man? Um you get to hear the juggernaut that is the Art Blakey band with Lee Morgan and Wayne Shorter. Some people say that is the premium or the prime example of the jazz messengers. Um, it's hard to argue with them, although there were several lineups uh, during that period that were uh, just as um, uh, powerful, just as fiery. Um, but to hear these guys on tour in their first trip to Japan, uh, not only the enthusiasm uh, of the audience, but the enthusiasm of the band, you know, playing in a new location for people who uh, worship the ground 
that they're walking on. Um, a, a friend of mine uh, who lives in Tokyo now, uh, who is a, a, a serious jazz fan, said, hey, man, you know, I had people telling me about attending those concerts. You know, we wanted to go out and buy mm. the jazz messengers uniforms. We were that into the band. You know, it wasn't just music. It was style. It was swagger. The way they talked, you know, what they drank, what they ate, we had to know about it. So um, you really get to hear uh, the true appreciation of a band like this and just the resilient and resounding uh, musical thanks that this band yeah. gives to their most ardent fans. And there's a uh, there's a bit of a of a dotted line connecting this album with the one we talked about uh, a couple episodes ago. Um, I'm referring to Lee Morgan's complete live at the lighthouse. Uh, you know, here yeah. we have Lee in this band along with Jamie Merritt on bass. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and so, you know, that, that, uh, connection was being forged in fire <laughs> on, yeah. in the jazz messengers yeah. along with Bobby Timmons and Wayne Shorter. Indeed. You'll also hear, uh, we're not going to play it right now, uh, cause we don't want to spoil all of this for you folks. We want you to check this out. It comes out November 5th by the way, on Blue Note Records. But one of Art Blakey's longest recorded solos, I believe, is on the lead-off track, Now's the Time. Make sure to uh, keep your ears open for that. But uh, man, we're just going to play the band right now having the best time over what was then their number one hit. We're talking about Monin, Bobby Timmons, the composer on piano right here. This is the Jazz Messengers, 1961, Tokyo. Blakey and the Jazz Messengers uh, in Tokyo on January 14th, 1961, during their first ever Japanese tour uh, from the album First Flight to Tokyo, the lost 1961 recordings, uh, which is being released by Blue Note on November 5th. Man, it just always raises the question, like, how much more of this is there? <laughs> right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. Because, exactly. Because, like... I mean, I don't know, maybe we're, maybe, um, we're just spoiled or, or, or something, but when you hear the energy mm -hmm. on a recording like this, you have to wonder, um, why has it taken us 60 years right. to, to get, to get this information out there? It's, yeah. it's kind of, it's, I mean, there are reasons always, but sometimes the mm -hmm. reasons are, are more understandable and sometimes you know, you just answer it with a shrug. But uh, I guess, you know, best not to look a gift horse in the mouth. We are very excited to have this out in the world. Speaking of drummer leaders, man, you've picked uh, a fantastic release also on Blue Note Records. And sometimes I do think about that as far as, you know, who is a current day example of a drummer leader who composes, who pulls along 
young talent and helps them to shine and, and, and mentors them, uh, often without words, but through his playing style. And um, I think we found that in Jonathan Blake. Yes, sir. Uh, I was very happy to learn that Jonathan Blake had been signed to Blue Note. And it made a lot of sense to me because, you know, he's a musician. First of all, uh, Greg, we've talked about him on this podcast because he's one of the very, you know, small handful of musicians that that we both saw in person um, yeah. multiple times during, mm-hmm. the, during the pandemic uh, lockdown. Um, you know, he, he was one of those people who was out there carrying the light, you know, um, mm-hmm. but he's also a connector, um, in a, in an interesting sort of generational way, right? Yeah. Because he, you know, we recently heard him on a trio album with Kenny Barron and Dave Holland. Um, right. and he, he has that strong connection to that, that older generation, um, of, you know, NEA jazz masters, um, mm-hmm. he is the drummer in the Maria Schneider Orchestra. He's got all these connections with musicians like Donnie McCaslin, um, you know, uh, people in their in their 40s and 50s. But then he also has become, um, uh, you know, an encouraging figure to the on the onrushing generation, you know, um, who yeah. I think have, have kind of articulated the, the sort of the current uh, where the needle is. Uh, on, mm-hmm. on the Blue Note roster. And so I'm talking about the members of his band Pentad, um, people like vibraphonist Joel Ross and, and alto saxophonist Emmanuel Wilkins. You know, these guys are both, I yeah. think they're both still in their 20s. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, David Vareas on, on keyboards and uh, Desron Douglas, uh, Jonathan's regular oh, wow. rhythm yeah. partner on bass. And so mm-hmm. this is a, in, in a certain way, it's an intergenerational band, you know, um, because Emmanuel and Joel are representing this, this younger crew. Um, right. but it all just, it's, it's all such a perfect synthesis to me. Um, it mm-hmm. feels m- maybe more than any other album that I have sampled for this fall preview. This one feels like a current temperature reading from like, the New York scene right mm-hmm. now, you know, like this mm-hmm. is what it sounds like. Yeah. 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 That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. And in following um, his recorded career as a leader, uh, albums like Gone But Not Forgotten on the Crisscross label, mm-hmm. uh, I'm a big fan of The 11th Hour. That may have been his debut album. Um, I believe it was released on the Sunnyside label uh, some years back. Mm-hmm. But in hearing him evolve this concept, you know, this band is played live. Um, it is a juggernaut of an ensemble. And you've got that thing that you said, the simpatico relationship of we all live in New York. This is the energy. And here's our perspective on it. Yeah, this is definitely uh, a barometer, as just as you've so eloquently stated. You know, f- for uh, just a, a small sampling of, of what we're talking about, this is the first single from the album, uh, and Jonathan titled it Homeward Bound, and uh, with a parenthetical dedication for Anna Grace. And we'll, we'll explain that dedication, but first, let's, let's hear Homeward Bound.
mentioned the parenthetical dedication uh, to Anna Grace. Uh, Nate, tell us a little bit more about that, if you can. Yes. So uh, Anna Grace was, um, I believe, the six-year-old daughter of the wonderful tenor saxophonist Jimmy Green uh, and his wife mm, Nelba yeah. Marquez Green. She was among the the victims of the Sandy Hook school shooting, and you know, in the years since her passing, um, she has been remembered by a, a number of musicians. Um, Jimmy wrote a, a piece in her honor. I believe Orrin Evans has and Harry Connick Jr. You know, there've been a number of um, mm-hmm. pieces that have paid homage. Um, and uh, and Jonathan's, uh, I think, beautifully belongs to that tradition. And I think that the the message in the title is really beautiful, you know, and, and he made that the title track of this album. Uh, so there is, mm. there's, there's just a lot of, um, a lot of heart in, in that dedication and in this composition. Jonathan Blake, uh, that's going to be one to check out folks, October 29th on Blue Note Records. Uh, there is one more pick that we've got for you in our, uh, six piece or six pack as we've uh jokingly called this uh preview of fall preview but uh henry threadgill is back and he's got a brand new one called poof on pie recordings on september 24th uh, why did you choose this one nate well henry threadgill is just reliably uh always always compelling um as yeah. a composer as an improviser as a band leader and mm-hmm. um, his ensemble Zuid, which has been his primary uh, vehicle, f- you know, really throughout this century, um, it's it, you know, no band sounds like this. Um, mm-hmm. No one else has the has the vocabulary um, of Zuid, which you know, which features Liberty Eldman on acoustic guitar and Jose mm-hmm. Davila on tuba and trombone. Christopher Hoffman on cello and Elliot Humberto Cavi on drums. And this has been a steady mm-hmm. lineup for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, there is such a language in this band. I mean, when mm-hmm. I say nobody sounds like them, it's it's really because, first of all, nobody composes like Henry, but also right. nobody understands how these uh, interrelationships work uh, like mm-hmm. these musicians. You can't really sub in another player into it you know mm-hmm. there's just too much mm-hmm. sort of institutional knowledge that that yeah. has been developed yeah. here um and so henry who you know is now a pulitzer winner and you know and um i mean he's he's received every honor that you can receive almost you know as is true of of you know his peers in the aacm like anthony braxton and wadada leo smith i mean mm-hmm. um not only are these uh are these creative forces not easing up as they, you know, as they move into their, their, their senior years, you know, mm-hmm. in their seventies yeah. and in some cases in their eighties now, they yeah. are, they are stepping up. They're stepping up the production. They're stepping sure. up the pace, sure. uh, the intensity, the revelation. So, uh, you know, I don't know what Henry means by poof. <laughs> his, <laughs> his titles are always, uh, are always like uh, almost as fun as the music itself. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, I feel like we have to, you know, enough of me talking, we have to hear what I'm talking about. So, um, here's a track that, uh, that, that we can sample for a moment, uh, and this is titled Beneath 
the bottom. Threadgill, folks, and Zuid. Poof is the new record coming out on September 24th on Pi Recordings, uh, continuing an amazing string of releases for not just the label, but um, the prolific Mr. Henry Threadgill. Good choice, Nate. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. Love and light to Henry Threadgill and to everyone else um, continuing to, to push themselves and to make music and make connections in this era. Uh, I mentioned Wadada Leo Smith, his fellow AACM uh, compatriot, and uh, you can read more about this in the fall preview, but Wadada, oh my goodness, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the amount of music that Wadada Leo Smith has produced in uh, calendar year 2021, it it boggles Mm -hmm. the imagination. Uh, And, you know, many other uh, notable releases um, by the likes of... Uh, Matthew Ship and and mm-hmm. uh, and Hiromi and Matthew yeah. Stevens and Arturo O'Farrell, Theo Croker, uh, you know mm-hmm. it goes on and on and on and uh, and all we can say is that that we're here for it, we're excited about it, we will continue to cover this music as best we can. So um, we appreciate your time, we appreciate that uh, that you keep coming back, and we ask you only. To help spread the word about Jazz United. Yeah. Because we, we want to keep growing this thing and we'd love to hear from you. So don't hesitate to reach out and please uh, subscribe, spread the word, let us know how we're doing. Indeed, folks. Again, this is Jazz United with yours truly, Greg Bryant and Nate Chenin, our editorial director. This is a product of WBGO Studios, and our producer is Trevor Smith. Again, you can get Jazz United wherever you get your podcast, and also at WBGO.org. If you are not yet a WBGO member, you can give online securely at WBGO.org slash support. Again, our theme song is composed by Newark's own Wayne Shorter, performed by Newark's own Woody Shaw. We'll see you again next time. Take care.